This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you have a good week so far. Uh, it is, I am unashamed to say, uh, my final day of work for a good fair while. Uh, besides, of course, the Arsenal game on Boxing Day and New Year's Eve. But I've got a day of work until... 2023. That's a great thing to say. I'm sure a lot of people have been able to take some annual leave as well over Christmas, and I'm sure there are plenty of people that that haven't. Um, but uh, yeah, I I rarely get time off. It feels like uh, you know when you go from teaching where you had 13 weeks off a year, which certainly teachers deserve, um, to, to you know working. Well, I worked six days out of seven when I first left uh, without any annual leave at all. Uh, and now going into a period where I might get some days off is great. Uh, and so I'm very much going to enjoy, uh, some time off, but I am still going to be producing plenty of content for you guys over that period as well, because the shows can't stop. Arsenal doesn't stop. And so we can't stop. Uh, good morning, everybody joining us live in the chat box. Kaiser, Carl, Stephen, Matt G. Good morning to Paul and Stephen and Guna legend. Good morning to Stevie runs with cows, Temi, black shine, Keem's, uh, Wilson, Matt, Akmal, good morning. Uh, Marcus, Dave, uh, MPO, MVO. I'm gonna go MVO, I think. Martin, um, Vivian, Mamira, Lars, Manu, Leopold, Christopher, Patrick, Ray, Nyamdi, and plenty more of you as well. Thank you so much, as always, for jumping in and being so kind with your presence. Do drop a like on the video, do subscribe to the channel if you're new. And without further ado, let's kick on with today's news. Uh, firstly, Gabriel Jesus updated uh, his socials, uh, talking about how two weeks have now passed since his surgery. Still in that brace uh, at the moment, which makes sense. You know, you don't want to damage it uh, after surgery. I mean, being in kind of the cast I was in for some time, you are encouraged to, to walk on your knee injuries, um, kind of 
within the, the cast that you have them so that you can start building up strength and not losing muscle too quickly. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, injuries a little bit later on in today's show about what will be coming in a future podcast as well. But uh, Gabriel Jesus is indeed uh, returning to the action faster, hopefully, hopefully, uh, with this type of rehab. Uh, Fulham are said to be working to sign Cedric this winter. According to TalkSport, this is a deal that is even potentially close to being agreed. Uh, Arsenal, of course, signed Cedric from Southampton on a free in 2020, uh, and there is suggestions now that he will leave for Fulham. He has over a year remaining on his current contract, which, of course, means that potentially we might see Arsenal make a profit on a player. Uh, imagine that. Imagine making a profit on somebody. Well, Cedric seems to be the guy that we might end up making a profit on. So fingers crossed, Arsenal get a decent amount of money for Cedric, even if it is in the single digits, of course, as we expect it to be. Now, uh, now Gabriel Martinelli, uh, this is quite big news, to be honest, and uh, very big news indeed, because supposedly uh, Sammy Mockbell claims that uh, Arsenal are close to a 200 thousand pound per week deal in order to renew Gabriel Martinelli's contract through until 2027. Of course, this would be a, I suppose technically it would be a one-year extension because his current deal has options on it that take it through to 2026 uh, at the moment. Uh, And his current contract still wasn't close necessarily to running out, but uh, he has earned that significant step up. And you want to make sure your players are motivated and on a way that's reflective of their place in the team so that they remain content. And so £200,000 per week for Martinelli might seem a hell of a lot of money now. But I suppose in two or three years time when he's 23, 24, you know, and you think about the players that are that age playing at the top level of the Premier League. That's probably about what you are on um, when, when, you know, you're at the top level of the Premier League and playing week in, week out. I think that this is... Obviously, excellent news for Arsenal, uh, considering the fact that we've managed to get one of our key forward players to commit to the long-term future of things. And hopefully it inspires others to follow like Saliba and like Bakayo Saka. Uh, Especially, and I mean, the money-wise, you think about when we put Eddie Nketiah on around £100,000 per week. You know, Martinelli is easily going to be on at least double what Nketiah has been earning. So it makes sense that he is around... Uh, that amount of money. And if you look at comparative players at the top level in his age bracket, uh, especially going into a contract that will run past 2025 into 2026 and 2027, that's how much players cost. So I wouldn't be certainly criticising Arsenal for handing him a contract of an amount of money that is the agreed level of what players are earning around that. And of course, as TJR points out, and as I pointed out on Twitter yesterday, it's important to include that this £200,000 per week, when wages are reported, they're reported very vaguely because you don't know how much is add-ons, you don't know how much is bonuses, you know, things like this that players have to achieve for them to actually get that £200,000 per week have to happen. And, you know, the base wage we imagine is probably lower than that. How much lower, we don't know. But usually what you see is reports using words like in the region of £200,000 or around £200,000 per week because there are bonuses and add-ons included into their deals. Moving into the transfer side of things and Arsenal links Ivan Tony has been charged with an additional 30 alleged betting breaches. This news came out yesterday. Of course, this takes the total up, I believe, to 262 alleged 
breaches of betting laws. Um, it could be that he now faces a longer ban than he even would have done if, of course, these are proved to be true. Uh, there is a time, I think, until January in which they have to respond as the investigation continues. I just, again, whenever you, I get into a debate about strikers and who we should sign and someone brings up Ivan Tony, I had my issues with Ivan Tony before this, um, but this has only obviously worsened this situation. Um, and the most predictable of links uh, has happened. Dario AS have claimed that Arsenal are supposedly showing interest in trying to sign Alexis McAllister from Brighton. Uh, the Spanish outlet, of course, uh, <laughs> have reported on this. And I think that, it, you know, how much can we really take seriously when a player has a great World Cup and days after they've won the tournament, all of a sudden, Arsenal are being linked with the player? There is no, uh, there's nothing regarding a fee. There's nothing really regarding when this could happen. All that the report suggests is that Arsenal have an interest in the player. Um, so, you know, take that as you will, as always. We report on what's reported, but we will give you our thoughts on it. And I would tell you quite uh, stringently to take this with a la rather large grain of salt. Our headline story of the day is, though, that Arsenal are hoping to get Mikhailo Mudrik for around €50 million Euros plus add-ons that could see the fee go in excess of €60 million. Euros. Ben Jacobs of CBS Sports, speaking on Egal's channel, friend of the show, uh, yesterday uh, revealed, of course, the price tag that Arsenal are hoping to get Mikhailo Mudrik for, whether or not they actually are successful in getting hold of the Ukrainian international around this figure remains to be seen. Ben also talked about how Arsenal will probably go in under this figure and try and get him for cheaper, but it could end up rising to this amount of money. I think this is a, if Arsenal can get him for 50 million plus add-ons in terms of euros, so you're looking at about 42, 43, it's about what we played for Ozil in 2013. We're nine years on from that now. And I think that would be a very fair price for Mudrik in the end, a player with great potential that's burst into the scene, that's 21 years of age. Um, and I think that this is obviously a really a really opportunistic uh, deal for Arsenal to try and get done for a player that they rate very, very highly. Uh, and uh, it's just ultimately what you end up paying. I mean, Mateus Cunha, who was linked to Arsenal, hasn't scored a goal this season, is going to go to Wolves on loan, and they will have to pay in the summer between 40 and 50 million euros. You know, we were discussing Mateus Cunha because he was linked with us. Thank goodness we've not gone in for him. But he's going to Wolves for a summer fee of 40 to 50 million euros. That kind of gives you some of the, the feel of what transfer fees are going to be like during the next year. So if Arsenal can get one of the most highly rated young players on the continent into the club, for the 50 million fee that I imagine will also be split up into, you know, structured deal. I think that's a great move for us. But I'd love to know your thoughts, of course, in the comment section as well. And of course, in our chat box, we'll be discussing plenty more of this in part two. Uh, what we'll also be discussing is that the EPL is returning. And of course, a little bit later on today, as it is Wednesday, you will get episode three of the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast. I was joined by Sophie from a hybrid squad and Dr. Raj at 3CB Performance uh, to talk about the return of the Premier League. We also talked about the £250 million transfer success of Arteta's three-year tenure 
And of course, the double ACL catastrophe to Beth Mead and Vivian Miedemar as well. We talked actually quite about the interesting side of the women's game, uh, the expectations on um, the female game, which obviously is starting to move more in line with how many games are played in the men's game. And we discussed whether or not this rapid increase in the number of fixtures that women are expected to play in the WSL and beyond in European competitions and the cup competitions is having an impact on whether or not the injury number is increasing. So it's certainly worth your time uh, tuning in for that. Plenty discussed in the show, and that'll be out around midday today, UK time. So do tune in for that. But without further ado, let's move to part two and your questions right after. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This. Okay, so let's move to part two and your questions then. Uh, let's scroll into the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Uh, Dave says, did you see the comments, I think, from the Shakhtar Dinets management yesterday about Mudrik having to report for duty? Almost like they expect him to put in a transfer request. Yes, I did. Uh, they're going on a, I think, a tr- is it to Turkey on the 9th of January? Of course, a lot of teams across Europe are going across their their winter break. So some teams are going off on these kind of training camps over that winter period whilst we'll be playing our football across uh, our games, of course, as we always do here in England. Uh, I did see that. It's not surprising. You know, I remember that happening with a number of players and then they left that camp after even less than a day to then go and sign with a new team. So it's not a problem. Um, That's just part and parcel of of being at a football club. Until you leave the club, you're obviously part of that. I should also welcome Tommy Gabriel uh, as a brand new member of the channel. I did notice this pop up during our new section. Um, But thank you so much, Tommy, for becoming a member of the TGT family. I'm sure that the chat box has already given you a very nice and warm welcome to the family. Uh, Temi says, will you be doing a three-year Arteta review? I kind of have done that already. I talked about it yesterday. Um, I wrote a piece on it. If you want to go and read the pieces on my page at football.london, uh, you can go read my thoughts on his three years. Uh, now it's past that three-year anniversary. I'm not going to be doing a dedicated show on it. I, one, don't have the time. You know, I've got another podcast. We do talk about Arteta, actually, in today's podcast that's coming out 
uh, at, at midday today, UK time with Sophie and Raj. So there is a bit on it there. I'm not going to do a dedicated show to it. If you want to go and watch some dedicated things, Harry's done a fantastic show on his channel, which you can go and watch. And there's plenty more out there that you can find too. So make sure that you are across all of the Arsenal content creators, of course. Uh, Maggi says, what will happen to Reese Nelson at the end of the season? His contract runs out at the end. Uh, do you think that he will leave for free? Uh, I think he will, Matt. It's a shame. I think that he will ultimately leave the club on a free transfer. Uh, you know, his contract running out was running out, you know, last season, I think. And they extend, well, it was running out. It would have run out last season, but they extended it by an additional year so he could go on that loan to Feyenoord. This injury is is not going to help his cause. He was hoping to fight for a renewal. I don't see that necessarily happening, especially after they've signed Marquinhos, especially after how well Amario Koja Dubri is doing. You've got to think about the young players coming through. You've got to let players go at some point to allow the next generation of players to come through the doors. And that, unfortunately, is probably what's going to happen to, to Reese Nelson. Uh, the only update on Reese, no. Uh, we should get an update, hopefully, from Arteta tomorrow in his press conference. Uh, Jake says, hi, Tom. Hope you're all right. Uh, on Monday, you didn't seem yourself when you cut the show off. Thanks for all the content. Makes my mornings go quicker. Uh, I wasn't well. It's <laughs> the short reason. Uh, my my throat, um, my, um, my voice is recovering now. I think you can probably tell that it's back to nearly i'd say 90 percent normal and actually recording yesterday's show uh on the podcast in the evening with sophie and raj which will be coming out for you later you'll see partway through the show i have to turn my camera off because i had a coughing fit I, obviously you can't hear that uh because i muted myself but yeah that was i was pretty close to uh <laughs> having to ask sophie to just end the show for me because i was dying um but uh, no it's all fine and uh, that you shouldn't even notice anything uh, happen in the end on that one. But uh, yeah, thank you for asking. Um, but uh, yeah, I've just not been 100% well recently. There's something going around. I think it's just because the winter. Uh, that's what it happens. Um, Manu says, Tom, if Cunha smashes it at Wolves, I see Clive coming for you. Yeah, you know, so so do I. <laughs> but I wouldn't have paid 40 to 50 million euros. Are you mad? That's crazy. Uh, Mo says, hi, Tom. If we only signed Mudrick in January, would that be enough for us? Or do we have to sign at least two to three signings? And if so, who? Uh, three, I think, is a dream world. You know, I just don't think three is going to happen. I think two is what we should be targeting. I think we should be adding uh, the wide player in Mudrick. And then it, either the midfielder or the four or another forward, I think that's probably the smartest play that we can do. If it's Mudrick and Tillemans this January, I'm going to be thrilled with that. I'd be absolutely thrilled if that's what we end up doing this winter. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, would you say that Arsenal are having more of a problem getting Saka to sign as I would say he is a much more of a priority? Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a problem. Uh, we've had the World Cup. I think that was a distraction. I don't think that would have meant any discussions over his new deal would have been taking place. So, no, I don't necessarily think that I'm worried about Saka. I think he will renew his contract. Saliba, as Charlie says, is the one that we need to be worrying about right now. Um, Akmas is Arsenal going to play Luton in a behind closed door friendly heard it yes Freddie Paxton uh, reported this yesterday I've no reason to to believe that's not the case I did ask people at Arsenal on Saturday whether or not a behind closed door friendly would be taking place and they said it hadn't been decided at that point and that if it was they would of course be trying to keep that under wraps clearly someone's leaked that to Freddie um, as happens and uh, if that is the case hopefully we can get some information on what happens in the friendly and we can talk about that in tomorrow morning's show but I personally haven't heard that 
But I have no reason to believe why Freddie wouldn't have good information on that. Uh, Amira says, when uh, you see the ridiculously high fees some players are going for now, should we also reconsider what we deem a low fee? Or should we remain sensible? I think it depends on the player. You know, Mateus Cunha for 40 to 50 million euros is mental. That's a mad amount of money for a player that's not scored a goal this season. Um, so uh, it, it depends. It, it, I think we have to go on a case-by-case basis, to be honest. Um, Naz says, Tom, what do you think the Cronkies mean when they say they will back Edu and Arteta? To me, that's one signing is not exactly backing we need two to three. Naz, what I think it means is that whatever Arteta and Edu want to try and do within the realms of realism, they will try to help make happen. Now, backing doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see two or three. And if we only sign one, I don't actually necessarily that means that they've not backed Arteta and Edu. I think that Arteta and Edu know that they only want quality and they want to pay a price that they think is reflective of that player's quality so they aren't undermining Arsenal in the transfer market. If we sign one player... You can't just immediately point to the ownership and go, well, that's on them, because it might have been Edu and Arteta's decision in the end to only sign that one player. It's it's very difficult. And obviously, we don't know a lot of the factors that are at play, and we won't know a lot of the factors that are at play because we ultimately are just watching from the outside to a, a greater extent. So for that reason, it's difficult to kind of judge the Cronkies based upon what business we do. Because it's, I think a lot of it hangs on what Edu and Arteta want to achieve in this window. Uh, the Dapper Mo says, Morning, Tom. I still believe Smith Rowe can play eight with Thomas Partey as the six. If I recall, they have never played together. Our eights always look amazing with Thomas Partey as the six. So let's give ESR a chance. There's no reason why um, that combination wouldn't allow Smith Rowe to have a better opportunity. But as you say, He's not played with him before. And when he has played there with either Xhaka or with Lokonga playing behind, it's not necessarily worked all that well. Um, Manu says, Tom, what do you make of the Argentinian players making fun of Mbappe? I mean, I've only seen Emi Martinez so far. The picture is what I've seen. He's an immature... He's a bit of a brat, let's be honest. Emi Martinez is a bit of a brat. <laughs> That's just what he... He's just, he's just a child. He's an absolute child. So it's unsurprising. But, uh, you know, Mbappe is a brilliant, brilliant footballer. He's not perfect as a person. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think he was fine. I, well, more than fine, he was brilliant in the World Cup final, scoring three goals and his penalty and still not winning the World Cup. You know, poor guy. He has a World Cup already, though, to be fair to him. Yeah, but Emi Martinez is just a bit of a child. Uh, Jay says, hi, Tom. If Martinelli is reported to be on £200,000 per week, what would you think that Saka and Saliba would get? And will this lead to other players requesting wage increases also? Again, it depends on where you are in the team. You know, it depends what your position is in the team, if you're playing week in, week out. I think that Saka and Saliba will probably go up to upwards of £200,000 per week, to be honest. I'd be interested to know what Gabriel's new contract takes him up to. Um, it, Arsenal will always try and structure their wages of their team reflective of where the players are in the side. And, you know, we are paying players bigger. You know, we're paying Balogun, who's not even playing for us, £40,000 per week. You know, and that that's a big, big amount of money for a player like Balogun. So we are paying players more, but we've moved on players like Ozil and Kalasanac and Mkhitaryan and Abamyang and Lacazette. You know, we've moved players on that are on big, big wages so we can make room to restructure the whole system and offer players that are playing and contributing to a level that we expect of that type of money with that type of money. You know, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Tommy, thank you so much for the kind donation. If you did mean to leave a 
question. I will try and aim to find it. If not, thank you so much for the support. Really appreciate it. Uh, Isaiah says, are Arsenal the right? Are Arsenal the right now? The Oh, are Arsenal right now the best academy in England? Um, I mean, Chelsea have a very good academy. Um, Chelsea produce a lot of very good young players. Arsenal have one of the best academies in England. That is without a shadow of a doubt. And we have some of the best scouting of young players as well on the continent, in the world. You know, and, and all of that contributes, I think, to where we find ourselves bringing in some of the best talent that there is out there. We can't hang on to all of it. Some of it does go on to leave. You know, I remember when Jeffrey and Adelaide left, you know, remember when he went off to Angers and then signed for 20 million pounds to, uh, to Leon. We've watched that transfer come to nothing really. I mean, he did, he, he did get on in the friendly against us, but he's not a regular now there. Um, I remember obviously Ismail Benasser, uh, who's gone to a, went to Empoli first and then AC Milan. That looks like a deal that maybe we missed out on. Yunus Musa, Serge Gnabry, uh, Daniel Marlin. Yeah, we can't always have those players. Now, does Ismail Benassa start for us? No, not at the moment. Would he have provided great competition? Absolutely. Would uh, Daniel Marlin start for us? No. Does Jeffrey Adelaide start for us? No. Does Serge Gnabry? Yeah, you know, and you could probably fit him in and compete with Saka. I mean, does he start for us? Would you start Gnabry over Saka? I'm not sure I would. Um, so, you know, whilst we produced great players and whilst players do ultimately move on still, Amari Hutchinson being the most recent notable departure, um, you can't keep them all. And that's why I think we go back to that question about Reese Nelson. We are going to have to let Reese Nelson go. He's had his chance. He's had his time. And I think that we need to make space for somebody else to have an opportunity to come through as well. Uh, Tommy says, prefer Marcelo Mudrik over Joao Felix. Being able to watch La Liga weekly, I think we might get a good attacker, uh, but it will get a player who will track back and press relentlessly. I think Arsenal wouldn't ultimately sign a player that they didn't think would provide them with the characteristics happening at both ends of the field, especially a wide player. So they must have the belief that they can coach or already in Mudrick has the ability to track back, to get back and defend. You know, I think that they look for that type of character in the players that they go to sign. Um, Deepak says, what are your thoughts on Colin Moali? I like him. I like him a lot. Um, I've watched him. I watched him a lot on, I think it was Monday morning. I spent a good couple of hours going through footage on Wire Scout of Colin Moali for an article that I was writing. Um, and I like him a lot. I like him more than Marcus Turam. But he is going to cost you a lot of money because he's only just signed with Frankfurt and he signed on a free. So they can ask for pretty much what they want. That said, he did sign on a free. So I guess anything is profit. But I still think they'll ask for a big, big fee, especially after this World Cup as well. Uh, Olu says, I think uh, Saka, Smith-Rowe, Patino, Souza, Nwanieri, Lewis, Skelly, Balogun, Amari, all recently coming through, improving. Koja Dubri is another one you've got to think of as well. Um, they've all done fantastically. Um, and I think that we can be very, very proud. Balogun, you know, is is, is doing really well at, at Reims uh, Rim now as well. Horns, uh, I should get better at pronouncing it. So there you go. Uh, Ashton says, if form wasn't a factor, who would you start at left wing? Smith Rowe, Martinelli side note. I'm still dreaming of Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Saka front three. Love the show, Tom. Much love from New Zealand. Thank you, Ashton. Um, I would ultimately start the front three that we have, Martinelli, Saka and Jesus when fully fit. But I, I am interested to see if Martinelli can develop into a potential striker option for us. He has got a decent record playing there. Seven goals in 14 games. Maybe it's something that we can indeed use more of. 
Um, Marcus says, is, my, is Tom saving my top chat to the end? I've, I've, <laughs> I've not seen your chat, Marcus. Again, I can't see all the comments. Here we go. Uh, if Marnelli gets 200k, what do you think Zachary Saliba should get a week? Uh, again, probably around a very similar amount of money uh, if we're going to justify it. Uh, Adam Banabas says, uh, hi, Tom. I love the show and usually catch up on them later. But I was quite disappointed with your take on racism from the Argentina fans. Racist chance different from anonymous comments. Um, what specifically were you disappointed about? Because the racist chants from some of the Argentina fans is despicable and deplorable. I, I don't know what you can be disappointed about that. I, I, I'm struggling, Adam. I'm really struggling. But tell me, maybe it's a miscommunication because the, the comments from the you know those that were chanting racist comments are you know scum of the earth awful awful people so i'm struggling to know what what it was that you were disappointed with on the take of that um i pointed out when i talked about it that you know i also went on to talk about how i said it's important to always say that it's some you know argentina fans you know as i said i know argentinian supporters who aren't racist um and it's important that we don't just brandish an entire race of people um as people that are that have these racist tendencies that's really important you know it's 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 not fair um but those that are absolutely are worthy of the criticism and worse than the criticism you know it, it's it it should face punishment um there's no place in this world for racism whatsoever uh and then i also talked about how the french players <clears throat> like truemeni and uh i think kalamuani as well had to turn off their YouTube comments because they were receiving racist abuse from their own, some of their own supporters. So I'd be interested to know, Adam, what it was you were disappointed with more specifically. So do let me know either in the chat box or the comment section. Uh, Francois says, hi, Tom. What's up with Smith Rowe? I'm still trusting Mikel Arteta and Edu to make the signings that we need to win the Premier League. Has anyone ever asked themselves where the uh, black population of Argentina has gone? Um, again, I don't know the history. I don't know the background of Argentina and its its heritage. Um, so I couldn't answer the question for you, Francois. On your aunts, on your Arsenal question about Smith Rowe, I'm still trusting Mikel Arteta and Edu to make the signings that we need to win the Premier League. Um, <clears throat> I think that the signings that we ultimately need to make, Francois, are going to be in that forward area. And I still think the midfield is going to be in need of strengthening. And that's going to be very, very important. Um, so there you go. Uh, Sam, this is a great comment. Racist chance in any situation is not acceptable, but all races need to take accountability for it to change. Absolutely. Um, and I think that this is why I say, if you're ever in the Emirates Stadium and you see anything racist being chanted or said, uh, not just racism, but anti-Semitism. And this is why I have a real problem with the Y words. You know, uh, the uh, what do you think of Tottenham chant? And I talked about this on a show with Amanda on Same Old Arsenal the other week. The, the, the what do you think of Tottenham chant? You know, the, the chance of the words of what do you think of Tottenham? You know what? What do you think of you know what? Tottenham. Um, but when the Y words is used at the end of that song by people who are ultimately, probably, I hope at least, uneducated about what that word means and the connotations of that word, um, it's, it's really disappointing because it is an anti-Semitic word. And it shouldn't be used. So, you know, if you are going to stadiums and you hear that song, feel free to join in with the song, but 
don't join in with the Y word chance at the end, you know, because it is anti-Semitic and, and people should be educated about what it means and the connotations of what it means. Um, so, yeah, David Badil does a really good explanation of it on uh, the Full Disclosure podcast uh, with James O'Brien. So I hope that gives you some insight into that. But, yeah, that's, yeah. And, you know, I, uh, our good friend Mike from the Gunas Pod, who is Jewish, um, went to one of the Tottenham games. And uh, when the Tottenham fans were using the Y words, he went up to fans and asked people in the stadium. And that's brave. You know, to do that is brave. Fair play to him. Uh, I, I don't know where you'll be able to find that video. If you ask him, I'm sure he'll send it to you. But the amount of people that couldn't even tell you where the Y word came from or why they say it or why... Um, why it's um, a bad word to use. They couldn't tell you. They couldn't tell you why it was. And so if you're listening to this and this, you're going, oh my goodness, like I've been singing that song and using that word and I don't know why it's bad. I encourage you to do the research. As I said, David Badil does a great, um, great look into it. It's worth doing your research on it. Anyway, did Adam reply to that comment? I hope so. Uh, he hasn't yet. Adam, please leave your explanation because I'm very curious um, when people... You know, call me out for something like that. So I'd appreciate if you did leave um, your thoughts. Uh, Jake says, I don't think it's just racism, but aggressive behavior, full stop. People need to stop calling players effing this or effing that. That behavior feeds into racism and we need to stop it all. Um, <clears throat> of course, you know, swearing, you know, swearing and racism are, they are, they are different things. You know, I swear in daily life. Um, I don't direct that abusive language towards footballers. Um, but the, the, you know, racism and homophobia and anti-Semitism, and you you keep going through the list of discriminatory terminology, and all of it is awful. I don't like the what aboutism, and I'm not saying you're you're pulling in Jake or what aboutism. We need to be against all forms of of curtailing abuse as much as we can. Um, but yeah, you know, more needs to be done about it. Um. Adam says, it seems like you are maybe not aware of the amount of racism that the France team specifically has to face because of the complexion of their skin and the number of articles and posts referring uh, to their ethnicity and not where they were born and raised. Somehow in the eyes of the world, you can't be French and black or Arab, etc. Um, again, I, I'm, I may not be aware of the the amount of it, but I certainly talk about the fact that the racism is unacceptable and I certainly talk about how it needs to be eradicated and I don't think I've ever apologized or made light of a problem the only thing I'm always very conscious of is I'm very conscious of trying to make sure that when we target those that are speaking about racism is that we target the people that are doing it you know, that's what I'm always conscious of because I don't want to brandish a whole entire nationality as one thing because that in itself starts blurring the line with racism. So, Adam, I am absolutely aware of, of the racism that goes on in the world. I'm probably never going to be aware or be able to appreciate how that feels because I'm a white guy. You know, I'm never going to I'm never going to experience that, I imagine. And I'll be very and I'm very. I don't like to use the word saying unfortunate, but, it, you know, it's, it's, um, it is unfortunately part of the world and that we're hoping, hoping and trying our hardest to, 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 to find that equality. Um, but, yeah, it's disappointing that you think I didn't cover it well enough because I feel as though I really do try. Uh, I really, really try 
to um, to do everything I can to raise it, to talk about it, to highlight it, to report it when I see it. Maybe I could be better. And if I can be better, I'd love to know how I can be better. If you need me to be more educated on that topic, please feel free. But uh, I, I don't know really what I did, Adam, um, that didn't highlight it enough. Um, I feel as though the only thing that you may have took an, um, taken umbrage was with was the fact that I said it's not all Argentinian people. And it was some of those Argentinian supporters that were doing it. Um, and I'm, I, I think it's important to do that. I think it's important to differentiate between those who are being racist and, and those who aren't. I think it's important. So, yeah. Um, and by the way, people, please don't put Adam down in the chat box because he is highlighting a very important issue um, that we absolutely need to talk about. And if I need to be more educated on something, I'm sure I can be. I'm sure I can be. Anyway, um, we've gone on slightly longer than I was uh, planning on. Um, so uh, I look forward to talking a little bit later on today. Uh, I say talking. I've already done the talking. We recorded, uh, we recorded a show a podcast yesterday, uh, which of course you can check out coming out at midday today. Uh, so do indeed go and listen to that. Uh, myself, Sophie and Dr. Raj all tackled this stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting some feedback from you guys and that you're seemingly really enjoying, uh, that there's also a brand new club that you can join involving lots of exercise and things like that, that we talk about on the show. So make sure you tune in to find out how you can get involved with that. Thank you so much for listening. It's a genuine pleasure to speak to you as it always is. Leave your thoughts on all the topics that we've discussed in today's show down in the comment section. Drop a subscription as well as you help us on our way to 50,000 subscribers. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.